Everybody's on the Nero Gum and Mint kick. They dig it. <laughs> I know. You think it's as long as they just try it, we know they're gonna like it. Yeah. So they're they're throwing a good party. <laughs> I don't think you can explain enough this little caffeine hack that you have, and the reason that I think it's such a neat thing for people to try. Yeah. Well, we were just talking about it again this, this morning. morning. I know. And the, the, here's here's the best part about it is when you understand how your body's gonna adapt to any kind of formula, any kind of caffeine and theanine, etc. You always get that amazing feeling at first for the first few weeks, and then it starts to taper off a little bit. And this is, it's funny because I, I kind of, I have a rotation of between like coffee and an energy drink powder. And then as soon as you said, hey, hey, try one of these neuro mints, it was great because I got that pick me up. Like, like when I had a cup of coffee for the very first time. Well, throw down right now. We've got a link waiting for you inside the show notes to link to NeuroGum and Mints. Uh, also, let's have uh, just a quick discussion about BetterHelp because we're getting some great feedback on there too. You and I both experience therapy. We both have done talk therapy. We've both done other modalities. Um, give me, Give me one of your biggest takeaways from talk therapy, man. It's something that you, you use even to this day. Well, you know, the one thing having literally just spoken with my therapist a week and a half ago, going through my own things. Um, we have the answers inside, but we need that connection with someone else to help us find them. And that's, I've been doing therapy for seven plus years and every single therapist, they, they just know how to ask the right questions to help us find the answers inside of us. But the thing is I've, in 45 years of my life, I haven't been able to find it myself. It's always been in the interaction, the connection with another human who also kind of can understand it because they're, they're not in the... They're not in the forest, right? They're, they're not stuck in it. So they can step outside. They can see where my mind might be going, ask a couple questions and give me that aha moment. And it's it has changed my life significantly. How about yourself? Well, it's the truth, man. I just think that's what it is. They ask you the questions so you can find the answers yourself. That's it. Because we all know we're never going to change anything about ourselves until we're ready to change. Bingo. And we're not going to ever be ready to change until we see it in ourselves. Oh, so yeah. if you want to save 10% on your first month, the better help, we've got a link uh, set up for you guys in the show notes. You can just head on over to uh, the I needed that podcast, open up any one of our show notes and the links there at the bottom for both Nero gum and mints and better help. Should we do a podcast? Well, absolutely. Let's, Let's go. go. I needed that. I'm down for that. I Let's think go. that's cool. Well, Chris's podcast, I Needed That, co-hosted by Matthew Blades, is available on all streaming platforms, everybody. So this is actually where we get down into some really, some tactical stuff. I like it. And, and here we go. And Solutions and strategies. That's what this is all about. Bro, what? we just hit 100,000. We made $100,000? No, no, 100,000 downloads. Again, we we're talking with Rachel from season five of my show and tell you so how where are they now episode it, it is for those of you who don't know me i walked away from my radio show with a year left on my contract <laughs> who's whistling right now <laughs> here we go friends welcome to episode 37 of the i needed that podcast i am matthew blades and i'm chris powell how you feeling today kid i'm doing great buddy how yeah. you doing uh, you know no hot water in your house is that gonna oh. be a problem 
No, fortunately, it's it's summer in Arizona, and so the water's naturally hot, no matter what. When you, you started cold plunging and all this other thing, so I'm thinking like. You started a process and the universe is like, here, let me hand you some more of that. <laughs> right, yeah, let me help you out. And you, it, you want a cold plunge? Let me actually just turn all the hot water off in your house. Here, exactly. Fortunately, well, I'm conditioned for it now, but uh, the only thing is it's going to be three days before someone can come out here and fix it. So, But you'll be traveling for a couple yeah, of them. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. So it's going to be okay? Yes, yes. I'm totally fine. I'm Trust me, I'm not complaining. All right. Yep. We're we're good. Welcome to our show today. We're going to do a deep dive on back to school lunches for kids today, which is such a hot topic with the, you know, almost everybody back at school, if not already in the next couple of weeks. Um, But we're going to spend the bulk of our conversation today uh, with our guest, Chrissy Powers. Um, And loads to get into here, but hopefully we have a discussion around boundaries today. Yes. How to be better in relationship. And I'm sure there's a couple of other surprises that are going to show their way as well. But uh, without further ado, let's bring her right into the party. There she is. Hey, looking, Chrissy. Looking so Hi. sharp. I love that top. <laughs> Thank you. And, and the light from the window, the way it's yes. hitting you, that's perfect. My favorite. Yes, you, you good lighting. Like just fresh off of like a, a skin treatment, like you're vibrant. <laughs> Your girl you. is killing it. Well, thank you. You're so welcome. How are you? I'll receive it. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. And I'm I, doing good. Do you do a lot of podcasting, or or is this something that just shows I, up every now and again, or what? It comes in waves. I used to have my own podcast, um, and then the pandemic hit, and I just couldn't keep up with everything, so I pushed pause on it. Um, but I have hopes and dreams of bringing it back and making it more of a couples podcast uh, with my partner, Sam. So we'll see if that happens. But I love being on other people's podcasts. I love conversation and just one off, you know, random questions, organic conversation is just it's one of my favorite things. Well, Chrissy is a licensed marriage and family therapist, uh, coach, mom, wife, writer. And she mentioned her partner, Sam, who the other day, Chris, actually went viral yes. on on the TikTok. Because of something he said, here it is. That's the patriarchy culture. But then we say she let herself go. That's the patriarchal culture that is designed to sell the idea that a woman is only valuable when they're between the ages of 18 and 25. Now, I know that there was a lot. There's a lot to that whole conversation because it goes on for a few minutes. Number one, Chrissy, what prompted it? And then B, where are things now? That's such a good question because no one knows the context. Right. Um, It's so funny. I had just gotten home from a speaking event and we were just having dinner outside and I looked at my phone. I don't know what I was looking at. Maybe the news. I saw this gorgeous picture of um, Jennifer uh, Lopez and I said, gosh, how does she look that good at 50? Um, The context is that I'm 41 now, and so I'm in midlife, and so is my partner, and he's been helping me shed patriarchal lies and beliefs that most women my age carry, Um, and he's been helping me embrace aging, Um, but, you know, obviously he's my sounding board, so he gets to hear all of my complaints (laughs) and all of my frustrations with aging, because I'd lie if I would say it's so great, and I just, like, embrace it every day. Like, that's not the truth, you know? Um, It's awkward. It's hard, and so I was just saying that, and he was like, 
okay. It's like, he, he just voice and he just was that sound of wisdom and truth for me in that moment. And I was like, this is brilliant. I just have, can you please say that again? And I just videoed him as our daughter's playing and in the background. And these are our normal conversations we have every week. So I, I, I noticed also in the conversation that he's, he talks about the different phases of a woman's life and, and the, the beauty and the benefits of each of those. And that was actually the part of the conversation that really struck me. I'm sorry. I didn't pull that clip. No, no, no. It's, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. But for, for, for anyone who's interested, you can actually go to Chrissy's Instagram and she's got a, a little clip of that. So you can just jump on there. Um, but that part was really, that's what struck me is really identifying the beauty in all phases of life. Right. And he just seems like a very aware person. Yeah, he's very aware and he's very interested. And so when he's interested in something, he researches it. Um, And so obviously being his partner, he's like, I'm interested in you and I'm interested in what you're going through. So he'll research it. And he read this wonderful book, Made into Mother by Sarah Durham Wilson, way before I did. Um, And in some weird way, like I wasn't ready yet for some of the books he was reading. And so when I do read then I'm like, Oh my gosh, like what about this? And he'll be able to talk to me about it. So anybody listening that has, you know, a partner, just be interested in what they're going through yeah. and you'll have much better conversations. And so, yeah, a woman, it's, it's all about the heroine's journey. We hear a lot about the hero's journey. We don't hear that much about the heroine's journey, which is moving from maiden to mother to crone. And the crone is the wise woman. The crone in other cultures is very respected and desired and valuable. Um, mother is what I'm aspiring to be. And that doesn't mean I have children. It just means that I can mother myself and I have mm-hmm. confidence and I can love myself right now. I'm a, you know, I'm a confident, badass woman. That's what I say to myself. <laughs> and maiden is very much the part of us in our girlhood when we're like looking for someone else to affirm us, looking for someone else to save us that, you know, prince on the white horse. And we think that's going to save everything and give us everything we want in life when it might give us some things, but it doesn't, it doesn't give us everything. We have to be the person to give us what we need. So that's what he was referring to in terms of the phases that women go through. Now, now technically you are a mother though. Um, Uh, Yeah. You, okay. Okay. But, but then also uh, so literally you are, and then figuratively you're on this mother's journey mm-hmm. and of, is, of remothering myself. Yeah. Yes. That's beautiful. Why, I think it's a really you, good way to think about it. Well, let's let's yeah. hit the nail on the right on top of the head. Let's go right into it. Why do you need, what part of you feels like you need to be remothered? What are those things that might be relatable to other people? Oh, I think everybody needs to be remothered. I, I would say it in a different frame because I don't want to um, offend my own mother who is an amazing mother. Sure. She went on my last um, feminine trip and she was like the mother to everybody. It was amazing. So I call it reparenting. I say this to my clients all the time. We all need to reparent ourselves, especially when you get to this part in life, when you get to like look back on half your life and say, wow, that was the story I told myself. Do I want to continue living in that story or do I want to create a new story for myself? Do I want to learn more about who I am or keep listening to you know, the conditioning that I grew up with or the, you know, the rules that are associated with this culture that I'm in or maybe this faith or religion that I'm in. And so for us, that's been a huge journey where we've asked ourselves the bigger questions is, is this working for us? Like what we believe about ourselves, um, what we believe about our, our faith for my husband and I, it was that too. So a lot of this work is asking those bigger questions 
which, um, you know, we had to deconstruct. And so reconstructing is a huge part of reparenting, meaning, uh, and I see it a lot in our generation of parents, we're parenting in a way that we needed ourselves um, with information that wasn't available to our parents. So you don't have to go through this blaming your parents. We can love our parents and know they did the best they could, but there's also way more information that we know about now and raising humans, um, attuning to humans. So when we attune to our children, we also have to do that for ourselves. And I think a lot of people our age have a hard time. We can say this to our kids, but we can't say it to ourselves. Right. So how do we get so better true. at saying it to ourselves? You have to imagine your inner child. Yeah. So mm, let's go, girl. It's my favorite, my favorite this two is, words right That's here. his conversation yeah. right there. Yeah. You just said the yeah. magic words. Isn't that something? You have to. Isn't yeah, that, I love we, that inner child. And we all have it. And so many of us have not had the conversations that we need to start having with it. Even if you had a brilliant childhood, as we've interviewed so many people who have said, you know, listen, I think you, I would say I had a pretty good childhood, but nobody oh, yeah. makes it out unscathed. Nobody no. makes it out without those, some, some wounds and some, some of those things that need reparenting later in life. None yes. of us. Yeah. This is why it's not, I mean, I know my kids will have to do their own reparenting and I'm going to support them and be a container for that where I'm like, yeah, great. I'm so glad you're doing that work. Um, and that's the best thing you probably could do um, for your children is to be that safe space where you don't take it personally. I've actually right. been thinking about this a lot lately. I've been thinking, okay, like my kids, I, of course, I, like I just said, I didn't get everything right. And um, there's going to be some, some marks for them along uh -huh. the way. And I, and I keep thinking recently about what is it going to look like when they're ready to come to me and say, Hey dad, when we were like 14, that really sucked. And um, I need to work through that really quick. And I keep having these almost daydreams about what is that dialogue going to look like? What yeah. am I going to say to them? How am I going to respond? How will that help mm. them? And so I, I'm a big fan of these conversations. Right well, right now. I got a question for you. How, when do we start explaining to our children that there, there will be an inner child or I, cause like, is that the inner, is it like, is, you know, my daughter's nine and my son is 12 is like, how, how do we start that conversation with them so that they know that they can have those conversations, those yes. dialogues with that inner them? Maybe Ruby needs to have a conversation with a seven-year-old her. Maybe my son needs yeah. to have a conversation with the 11-year-old with him. How do mm. we, because if we can equip them now with that, mm. yeah. wouldn't that be something if we all had those tools? 100%. How do we do oh, that, yeah. Chrissy? Like, it, have you, Yeah. What, what, how do we do that? How do we, how do we have those conversations? I'm, Right there with you in it, 11 year old, eight year old, five year old. Um, and of course, they're in it right now, they're in that life phase of childhood, so that might be a little hard for them to understand. Maybe your 11 or 12 year old would understand it a little bit more because they can see the younger siblings or they can see back on pictures of themselves. But, um, it's all about validating emotion for them right now. So, um, one of the greatest things I learned was. When your child expressing emotion um, or say they come home from school and they're like, so-and-so, no one likes me or so-and-so said I'm an idiot or instead of saying, well, that's not true and you have so many friends and you're so good at this and that. And it's like you first, that might all be true. First validate them and say, oh, I can remember feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And just be with them in that moment because their emotions are real. 
even if the thought isn't real and you want to eventually correct, correct that and say, you know, Hey, maybe you need to choose some better friends or maybe you need to, um, you know, try something different, but validating them in that feeling and being with them in it is what creates the attunement and the relationship that will last a lifetime. Mm, good so, answer. It's a good just, answer. It is. And, and I, I just, again, I have every opportunity I have, I'm going to take it. I implore every new parent to look into the lo- love and logic parenting philosophy, yes. because honest to God, it will literally flip it on its head, how you choose to treat your children. And one of the core things is what she just talked about, which is that idea of, I know that's got to be hard. And I remember what it was like. And, you know, and you just kind of hold space for them to be able to come to you about those things. And then what she said is true. Then you can say, well, you know, some people who experience that, they do this. And other people, they do this. What would you like to do? Mm. And, and you put the power in their hands to create the change. And it's super cool and really effective. That's the best part about it. It's yeah. really effective. What? Yeah, it's very effective. I'll tell on myself really quick because... And, and I'm sure there's, there's gotta be some of some other parents out there like me, but my first knee jerk reaction when a child comes to me with a problem and says, Oh, somebody said this, or this is what happened. I, it's, it's Chrissy. What you just said is like, well, that's not true because this is this. And I try to immediately fix the situation without validating their emotions. And I was actually watching, um, a child psychologist on my Instagram feed. And she said something about that, about validating their emotions. I literally just, this happened a couple months ago. And she said, validate their emotions and don't let them be alone with those feelings. And I started doing that with Ruby. And let me tell you that immediately I, I validated those feelings and she was like, right dad, I know. And immediately it was like a whole new level of conversation. It started here surfacy of me trying to fix it into what we went deeper. And then, then after that, I sat down and all she wanted to do was snuggle with me. She just wanted to be close to with me because she felt that closeness because I did exactly what you just said, Chrissy. I validated her feelings and I didn't realize that. And it was just like, well, crap. I've, I just traumatized her for nine yeah. years trying to fix her problems. <laughs> and, but, but, but now I have that tool and I didn't realize how powerful that was going to be. Not to make this about me or anything, but I literally just took what you said yeah. and I put it into practice recently and it worked. Can I also say how much yeah. easier it is to do that? Isn't it so much easier to just be with her and listen than to try to fix all of the moments and come up with all of the answers? Yes. It's so much easier mm. to just sit there with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, what a good conversation. Don't mean to, yeah. Didn't mean to digress there, but like, boy, you just, you've hit on so many things that are just so beautiful. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, and you know, firsthand, it's not always easy, right? Like you, you're a therapist, you're trained in this, but there's still times where you have to really yeah. work up the courage to act that way. Right. Oh yeah. I have to work just as hard, if not harder, because I'm like, I'm in it and I know better, but I'm like, my emotions are still triggered. My own inner child is triggered as my children go through things. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want them to experience that. Like I did. And so we project a lot onto our kids and we have to constantly remind ourselves, Oh, that's my work. That's Mm. my work to heal that part of me. Um, I can't assume that my child is feeling what I used to feel. Mm. Yeah. This is probably the coolest part about this group of parents now. Is that we're getting yeah. like this conversation is happening. I just imagine how powerful this conversation would have been for us. If our parents would have had this conversation in the seventies oh, or yeah. the eighties. Right. You know, yeah. because right. they loved us. Sure. It was there. If they just had the tools 
to the, the caveman. The, the ment- <laughs> yes, the mental and psychological tools to help, to help. Yeah, right. And the tools of a caveman, yes. a cavewoman. It was, oh. it was a different time then. Yeah, it so really it, was. <laughs> but you know what? What a cool gift that we can actually give to the next generation now, yes. to our children as, as they're moving forward. Yeah. So yeah. let's spend a little bit of time talking about the B word, the boundaries word. I know it's something that you uh, think a lot about. Chris and I talk about boundaries a lot. It's hard to institute boundaries when you don't, I'm just going to say it, care enough about yourself or value yourself enough to hold them in place. It, it, we all, we walk around and we say, I'm never going to blank, blank, blank that again. And then two weeks mm-hmm. later, you're doing the exact same thing again. Um, you talk an awful lot about keeping promises to yourself, Chris. Mm, mm-hmm. and, and in a, a lot of ways, that's what hold, keeping a boundary is. It's just keeping that promise to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about boundaries to somebody who's new to a boundary conversation, how might you approach that, Chrissy? Yeah. Um, it's how do you want to be treated and how do you want to be talked to? How do you want to be touched? And how do you want to um, have, like feel energetically around people? So there's the best book that I've ever read that had a chapter on boundaries was how to do the work by Dr. Nicole Opera, because she literally gives you a template after each section of, she breaks down what kind of boundaries there are, um, which was very enlightening to me. Like I didn't really realize that, oh yeah, there's a resource boundary. So just because like say in college, you're the only one that has a truck and people always want you to move because you have the truck. (laughs) That's a resource. Do you want to always be the person to have to move your friends on a weekend? No. Like just because you have a truck doesn't mean that that's what you want to do. So uh, sort of having a resource um, and even as a therapist, sometimes with my friends, I have to have boundaries um, more with myself because I want to fix things. I want to be the person that helps heal everybody and I can't. And so I have to have that boundary within myself. My partner helps me a lot to see that because he can sort of objectively see it. And so when I trust him and I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing that again. You're right. I'm being a little codependent trying to fix things. And so I realized for me, if it's um, draining my energy and taking me away from my priorities, then it's probably a boundary that I need to create. Um, I think our generation has to really be better at this with social media and how much we're on our phones because there's not boundaries there that we talk about that much, which we're like, Oh, like so many people have access to us. We have access to so much information and we don't, um, in my opinion, we're not exercising boundaries appropriately. I know I'm not, <laughs> I need, need to work on that. What, what would be an example of that, of, of exercising boundaries in social media? Is it like turning off your DMs or not responding to people? Or is it actually like unfollowing people like for your own personal boundaries of like, that agitates yeah. me. I'm comparing myself to that person. I'm, they're making me feel bad about myself type thing. Is that where you're going Just- with this? Exactly. I just had this conversation with a friend where I said, yeah. Uh, and I'll tell my clients all the time because they'll say, I can't unfollow them. They're my friend. I said, no, but you can mute them. So I highly recommend the mute button for a period of time. Like if you're going through something hard, like a miscarriage and everybody around you is having babies, don't put yourself through that. Mm. You don't need to, you don't need to be there for them right now. Um, and if that's going to put you into a negative headspace, while you're grieving, while you're healing, you can mute people, you can unfollow, like really be, you know, curating what you ingest because that is your mental space. Mm. Yeah. That is Mm. way more important. It's like you wouldn't invite everybody into your home 
No, that's your sacred place. Same thing for your mindset, for your social media. You have to be um, diligent about what you're allowing. I remember I had to do this with a friend because um, she has great style. love her style. But every time I was looking at her stuff, I was realizing now I feel like I need to you know, work harder for that $500 jacket. I feel like this one that I have isn't enough. And um, I realized that I was doing that. That's not on her. It's on me, but I needed to put that boundary down for myself. So um, yeah. So boundaries with who you follow, what, what you ingest and how much time you're spending. Mm. So we love to ask everybody to present some sort of a call to action. And I feel like we have an opportunity to do that right now. Could a call to action be for everybody who's listening to us to really go through their feed diligently here over the next 24 to 48 hours and figure out who deserves your time and attention and who doesn't? I mean, could it be that simple? It's yeah, it's literally that simple going through um, people that you don't need to you know, I remember going through this when I realized I'm not a 20 year old mom anymore. Like I'm not, I was never a 20 year old mom, but I'm not in my twenties. <laughs> I'm not even in my thirties anymore. And so I was following all these women that were so young and their mothers. And I was like, this is not good for me. So I had to go do like a, a little purge in, in that way. Yeah. I, I did years ago for the news. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. It's a, it's a great call to action. I actually just muted someone yesterday. It's funny that we're having this conversation. Was my stuff getting it, tired, bro? It was. I'm <laughs> sorry. I just had to. I was pissing you off. Don't be offended. Chris, no. Chris has this thing. He looks at my physique and he gets so jealous and it's really, I don't know where it's like, coming from. But I will, I will never be six foot four. And so I was like, I got to meet this guy. Screw him. He's too tall. Amazing. That's a great call to action. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say there wasn't either one of you. So you're good. <laughs> you're clear. All right, good. Is, Chrissy, we're still on the action. feed. We're yes. still on the feed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. I love it. This Here's one great. of the things that I love to have a conversation about because uh, I, I know how this works for people because I know how it worked for me. So let's say you're going to try to do something new. You're going to, you, you've heard this conversation around boundaries and you're like, yeah, man, like I got some energy. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to go. And, but then like a week later, you mess up, you mess up. You, you don't, you know, you don't. Keep the promise, as you like to say, and then you start to dangerously feel pretty bad about yourself. And then, as you've said time and time before, you just slide down the mountain. Mm. So Mm -hmm. we've heard your advice before. What does Chrissy Powers say about those moments where you're going to slide down the mountain and you just need to pick yourself back up and and keep climbing? Keep keep going. Mm. Self-compassion is a game changer. Um, Shame never corrects. Yeah. Mm. Never heals, never corrects. So I always tell people like there's a big difference between guilt and shame. Um, Shame says I am bad. Guilt says I did something bad. So a lot of times I'll go to bed and I'll have that like guilty feeling because I was on my phone too much today around my kids. And I know that's a good thing because then it's pointing to my priority of being with my children and being more present. So then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try a little bit you know, to be more mindful of that the next day, because that corrects my behavior. If I felt shame and said, I'm a bad mom, I'm not doing it right. I'm horrible. That's not going to help me the next day. So with that's where self-compassion comes in, where you can say, oh, this is hard. Being human is hard. Being a human this in this day and age is hard. So um, not comparing yourself to, um, you know, that person on the internet or even, your own mother, maybe because there was a different time um, or your own parents. Um, and then it's all about the reset. Just, okay, I'm going to reset. 
I'm going to try. You're not at square one. I think that's a big misconception. People think in the healing process or doing any sort of therapeutic work or coaching, it's like they think, oh, I went two steps forward and then I just went back. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You just didn't go forward. You just stayed and you're now being asked to do something in order to get to that next level, in order to go forward even more. And and also we go through periods of time of contraction and expansion. And so if you're feeling like that sort of guilt and that like draw to be on your phone, maybe you're in a contraction of some sort where you need to just like feel what you're feeling in order to move forward. If that makes sense. I yeah. love yeah, this. I think it's finally been articulated why I, how I operate my, myself mm-hmm. because I do, I, 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 I'm one of these people that needs to feel my stuff. I need to feel my feelings. Mm-hmm. I need to sort them out for a couple of days and then I can usually come up with a pretty good course of action, but I do need to feel it for a little while. Yeah. You're yeah. not that way. I am, but I tend to reflect like a week, <laughs> a week later, I'll look back for, for me. It's like, fix, 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 put my head down, distract. And then I'll reflect mm. sometime in the future. And then, and then I can get some clarity on it after that, but it takes a little while for me, actually. Mm-hmm. I tend to focus on, and, and I'm not saying it's healthy by any stretch of the imagination, but I tend to just focus on distraction at first. And then, and then I'll look back and try to correct. I don't think that's bad. I think that's okay. Yeah. Like sometimes you have to distract yourself from the feeling um, in order to calm yourself down and then go back and cope. Right. So it's not necessarily bad, but the more you do it, the better you'll get at that. Then you'll be like, okay, I moved right through that. I got immediately to like relaxing myself or my nervous system. And then I like went to like some healthy coping skills. For sure. Cause I think the few times I've, I've sat there and tried to feel it. Sometimes it hurts too much. Yeah. And then I'm just, it's easier to, to find something else to just keep me busy, which is also, it, it has been a, um, a slippery slope for me in the past. And I've learned that about myself because I'm a, a opioid addict, former opioid addict, but it's, it's always there. So I, because of running away from those feelings and trying to distract myself, that can be a distraction. And so I just have to be aware of that for myself. And then, yeah. so now I'll, I'll distract myself either with my kids or with work. And then I'll go back in the future Beautiful. and feel it. Yeah. It's, I'm glad it's, you mentioned that. Yeah. Because it's really this distract, relax, cope plan. It comes from a therapy called DBT, which is really good for people that have um, any sort of addictive behaviors or, um, you know, struggling with like intense and overwhelming emotions. Those, mm. that, that is a really great plan. Well, explain that some more DBT. Dialectical behavioral therapy. I'm not like, I mean, I was trained in it in like grad school years ago, but it was like the whole thing is distract, relax, cope. So instead of going to your addiction, instead of doing something that's harmful, distract yourself with like counting or um, breath work, which also sort of goes into relax because it relaxes your nervous system. Um, but even just like listening to music or going outside, uh, just distract yourself from wanting that thing that you know is not good for you. Mm. And then you can relax your nervous system and then you can go back to the thing that triggered you and say, okay, what is that? Why did that trigger me? What did I say to myself and how can I heal from, from that trigger? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Why should you? Um, really quick, (laughs) as we start to kind of wind down our conversation with Chrissy today, uh, you are somewhat of a, a relationship expert. 
Um, and I, and it seems like, and if I'm reading this wrong, you tell me, but it seems like, did your husband just go on some big awakening himself over the last few years? Yeah, we both did. And I've shared about my journey the whole time because I was a mommy blogger back in the day. So Uh I just kind of, that's how I process. And so I've always been open. Um, but now he's starting to share more. So, but he was always on the same journey with me. I was going to ask you how couples can support each other through these things, because I, I actually really love what's happening with you and your family right now, Chrissy, you're both having this kind of awakening. You're coming into yourselves, mm-hmm. but at least from the outside in, you guys are choosing to work on it together and you're yeah. choosing to lean on each other to help each other get through this and grow through this experience. Um, what's your firsthand ex- experience like? Oh, such a good question. Um, we've always put the work in for our, our relationship, our marriage. Um, we were in couples therapy for like seven years into our marriage. And it was a lot of like damage control type of therapy because we had a lot of wounds. We didn't know how to be married. Um, And we had a lot of expectations of each other that didn't come true. Um, So glad they didn't because it allowed us to do the work. I always say like when you're with a person, pick someone that you want to work with for the rest of your life and change with. And marriage can be the best uh, catalyst for that. Um, If you can sort of put your ego aside and do the work that way, um, then you'll really get into the beautiful parts of it where you can say, wow, I didn't see that about myself. Um, Also, another thing we do in relationships is we attract people that we need in order to heal. My husband and I are complete opposites, which make it sometimes really hard to live together. Um, And instead of going to, which many times we've thrown out that, did I marry the wrong person? Did I do this? But when we come back to the foundation of no I attracted this person because I need what they have. Then we can be compatible and we can be, um, we can complement each other. I can learn from him. He can learn from me. Um, Even this morning, it was so interesting. I was running to drop the kids off at school. We just planted um, these drought tolerant plants. Um, Sam was all in charge of that. So I know he takes pride in that, but they, they grew and then they were beautiful all summer. And now they're just like dying. And I was like, are we supposed to cut those? Cause they don't look great. They look horrible. And he was like, I know they look horrible. <laughs> he just immediately. And I knew that he took that because I know his childhood wounds now. And I know his triggers so well. I knew he took that is I can never do enough for her. Um, that's not what I was saying. And so I just calmly, I, I, in the past would have gotten angry at him for his reaction. But now after doing so much work, I was like, Hey, that wasn't really cool. How you talked to me, to me like that. Um, I just was simply asking, like, can you call the gardener to ask what we need to do? do we need to cut those back? Cause you know, um, it's not your fault. Like, I just wanted to know like what we need to do to tend to these plants. And he was like, Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. That was mm-hmm. not fair. I'm so sorry. I said it like that. And I was like, that's okay. I know. So now we've done so much like ego shedding individually that it's really working in our marriage now. So here's a question. What do you do? And it's, it might be, (laughs) I, I, I love that. And this is a continuation of this because what you have is so beautiful. I wish everyone in a relationship, everyone with a partner had that. The unfortunate reality is that so many people don't. Mm -hmm. 
how do you approach someone who doesn't have that kind of support from a partner who they're willing and they're all in and doing the work? The partner is not. And I know this is a tricky question because it, it kind of all depends, but what's some of the first bits of advice that you would give to an individual? Maybe it's realistic expectations of the rough road ahead. Yeah. Uh, what, what is it? How- Outside of hiring a hitman, um, <laughs> what, would, what would be the strategy? Always just do your own work. Always do your own work. The more you grow, this also works for family members too. So the more you grow and heal, um, the better you're going to be and the more you're going to shine. And people see that and your partner will see that they will either choose to say, Hmm, what is, what is he doing? What is she doing? That I want that too. Um, And that's happened to me in my own like my own family was like, what is she talking about? Like, what is she doing? Like, and now they're like, Oh man, I get it. Mm. And, and people will arrive at that place at different times in their life. Usually pain, pain will pain is a great eye opener, awakener. Um, but a lot of times people haven't gotten to that point yet and you can't make them get there, but you can always take care of yourself and you can always keep growing. And then I'm, I mean, if that person decides they don't ultimately want to go there with you or they want to, um, you know, it's just not, they can't go there. That's when you can decide what's the best for you. What's the best for your life. But if you have someone that's willing to grow, that's all you need. Yes. 100%. Do you think that if you're really wanting to do the work and you don't have, like, I just always equate this to your world, which is transformation and weight loss and some of that stuff, right? Like you, it, it would be so hard to lose weight in a house where everybody still wanted to eat Chinese, Mexican and pizza every single Absolutely. Life, right? Yes. Like you're going to have to change the environment in order to be successful. And so how long, uh, yeah. this is an impossible question, but it's like, how long do we hold on or how long do we keep pushing through while we're trying to change and fix ourselves knowing full well, Mm. like that the people around us may never come to the table. Yeah. Oh, that's a hard one. I think it depends on individuals. Um, obviously if you're being abused, like those are not kind of relationships that you want to stay in, uh, you need to get safe. Mm. So you need to have your needs met. You need to feel safe enough so that you can continue doing your work. Um, and that's where the boundaries come in. Like you don't have to be around that toxic friend. If they're in a bad place and you can't hold space for them, you do not need to. Um, same for your partner. There is often times where I cannot hold space for my partner and I will have to say, I think you need to call your therapist or you need to call your friend. Um, and same with me. Like uh, there's not everything. My partner shouldn't be everything for me. Um, so it goes once again, taking back, taking care of yourself. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 There, there's so many variables in the mix there. So it, it all depends. And when you say abuse, impossible. you're also t- not just physical abuse, but mental abuse as well. Yeah. And emotional and mental abuse. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like what Chrissy said, which is get safe first. That's number one. Cause a lot of mistakes people make is like, well, get out. It's like, it's not always that easy getting safe. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. that's obtainable. We can do that. Especially with kids involved. I want to bring Chrissy <laughs> back at some level because we have like three or four things that are, I wrote down that I wanted to talk to her about that we're not going to have time for mm. today. Um, and specifically you kind of doing the work around, uh, being with your church and then not being around mm. your church so much. I think that's such a relatable discussion for so many people. So, Maybe yeah. one day down the road, we could, we could do that. Um, how are you with music? We would like to play name that <laughs> tune with you before you go. 
I'll try, but I was, like you just said, I was pretty shelter grown. So if we did like 90s Christian music, I would nail it. All right, all right. So, Chrissy, yes. did you and I have the same childhood? Like, I remember growing up, I was like, my, Mom, I want a new album. And we would drive straight to the Christian bookstore. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Mom, it's not here. I'm yeah, looking. They, I'm they don't have any <laughs> any easy E records. NWA's not here. Hold on, I'm looking up Creed right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh god. All right, you got a yeah. song, or you want me to go first? You go first. I got time. a song for you. All right, let me All turn right. this up. You're gonna get the opening note, Chrissy, and then we're gonna stop it. You got to give us title and artist if you can. You, you better get this okay. one. No pressure, but this is some straight up '90s pop for you. Ready? Okay, here we go. Got it. Oh, uh, no doubt. And the girl. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Nailed it. I am also staying in, I I don't know when this was, maybe late nineties, early two thousands, but you would have walked into a nightclub and you would have heard this opening note. I got it. Jump around. Yes. That's the song right there. I was like, Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, absolutely, absolutely. Do we know the artist is the question. Oh, yeah, I do. Chrissy Powers, do you know the... Is it Chris Cross? No. No, no that would have been Jump. That would have been, yeah, that, that was Chris oh. Cross will make you jump, jump. jump around is by... House of... Of... Pain. Pain. House oh, of Pain. Yes. It's all right. They weren't okay. at the Christian bookstore. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah, it. They were not the there. <laughs> You would not have found the no. House of Pain album at the Christian book. No. It's all right. Yeah, that's it's okay. It's all right. It yes. just wasn't there. That's one. all. Yeah. You did, oh, you did good really well. job. Good job. That was impressive. Yeah, it was impressive. Anything you want to leave our audience with? Is there is there something that you've been thinking about the last few days where you're like, you know, if I have an opportunity to try to impress something on somebody, this is what I would like to say. Um, Just that you're worthy of of your of living a life that you love of um of changing and that i know it's really scary to change people um you know that's probably one of the hardest things for our brain to do however it is the most freeing and rewarding thing that you can do and you don't have to do it alone i i don't recommend doing it alone so get a therapist get a coach get a group and um ask these big questions and have a place to um share about the bigger things in life because we all need that right now we all need more empathy for each other and for ourselves i'm a chrissy powers fan likewise sign me up let's go yeah man this is (laughs) so good thank you for being on our podcast today chrissy thank thank you so much for having me okay thank you you have a great day tell your husband sam we said what's up and uh, hopefully we see each other around again Okay, sounds right. good. Thanks, Have a great day. Take care. All right, see you. Bye. I enjoyed that so much. She was wonderful. Yes. I, so I, I've got some questions also, and, and we'll have to save it for next time. But I noticed that she, she, they're married, so he is her husband, but she calls him her partner. And I'm curious as to why. There's got to be something around the connotation of being a husband, because for the longest time, I never wanted to get married. Because and it's because it's, it seems like the moment you become husband and wife, and there's that contract, it's like it locks you down. Or one person's like, "All right, well, that's it. Like we're we're together. You're stuck with me now." 
and it changes the vibe of the whole thing. It is probably a lot to do with just, just using different language. Yeah. And then what comes with that? Like yeah. when you say husband, there's all this stuff that comes with it. When you say wife, there's all this stuff that comes with it. Yes. Everything you expect a husband to be. Kind of what, what culture that kind of determines is that husband thing. Right. Yes. And you, But saying partner, it kind of allows you to be a little bit more open with it. Yeah. So, I, I, and I'm assuming that's why she does it, but I'm just curious as to, to her reasoning. So, I think we're onto something there, though. Yeah, it yeah. is interesting. Well, and I, what I like is that we're just kind of getting down with how words can be so powerful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because of all the weight they come with. 100%. I, and just based on those words alone, I've even thought about it. Like, if I ever get married again, I'd probably call her my partner yeah. instead of my wife. Yeah. <laughs> just because, I, again, it, it leaves it so much more open. You yeah, know? I like it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, before we get out of here today, we want to do a little bit of a deep dive on something that I noticed you, uh, not only you went to Channel 3 about, but you posted on uh, your socials about this a few weeks ago. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, bro, I don't think you realize how incredible this post is. But you were talking about ways to get our kids healthier school lunches. And what I loved about it was you took a few really kind of unhealthy options that people sort of select all the time. And you just made healthy versions of those things. Totally. So the, the whole thing started because I bought this little $6 contraption on Amazon and it was a decruster and sealer for sandwiches because my, my kids, as much as I always try to get them to eat the crust, they still never eat the crust right. and they love right. un- Uncrustables. So I was like, fine, I'm going to make some Uncrustables for you guys. So I bought this little $6 sandwich decruster and, de- and sealer on Amazon. And so instead, you know, cause if you look at the ingredients on Crustables, it's like, all right, we could do better. <laughs> we could <laughs> so do, do a lot better. better. So I went out and I got whole grain, high fiber bread, which is like, I just got Dave's killer bread, which is delicious. I buy two loaves of it at Costco for like seven bucks. So I got some Dave's killer bread. I got some natural peanut butter and, and some jelly. And so I threw it on there and I made my own little own Crustables, but then I took them up a notch because I, you know, I'm huge on my air fryer. And I've, you know, watching people air frying TikTok, if you can just baste anything in egg whites on the outside and yeah, air yeah, fry yeah. it, it creates a, like a little pastry crust on it. So I started making these, these Uncrustables with high fiber, high protein bread, natural peanut butter, and like no sugar added jelly. And then I would like, instead of basting on the egg whites, cause that's a pain in the butt and who wants to take that time? I put my egg whites in a little spritzer spray bottle and I just like, I soak the thing and I throw it in my air fryer for six to eight minutes. And you get these, the most delicious pastry crusted, uncrustable peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And so then it was incredible. And my, and my kids loved them more than regular Uncrustables. So I'm like, okay, I'm onto something here. I'm sure. Yeah. So I made 10 of them, threw them in the fridge. And that's what my kids ate for, for some of their lunch. And then I also went out because my kids love Lunchables as well. And I was thinking, okay, you know, if you actually do the math, Lunchables are about two fifty a pop. And if you actually go out and buy the raw ingredients yourself, just go get the deli meat, the cheese and the crackers. Then you can actually upgrade those crackers to higher fiber crackers. You get some good deli cheese and you get some better high, high quality deli turkey. I cut the cost in half down like a buck 25 and I'm giving them more protein. Like so more of the sliced deli meat 
And then I've got a couple chunks of good quality, like, you know, Tillamook cheese in there or something. And then higher fiber crackers. Brilliant. So they're getting more protein. They're getting more fiber, which is amazing. And they're getting a good balance in there. And of course, I always throw in just a piece of some sort of fruit in their lunch, whether it's a mandarin orange or some grapes or a banana or something like that. Just the easy stuff that's not going to get all funky, you know, in their backpack. But sure enough, (laughs) the whole thing started with this little uncruster. And sealer. And it just turned into that white and blue thing you have in your kitchen, right? Yes. I used it yesterday. Also, I was making these breakfast sandwiches where, so with the same thing, great idea. I just took a little bit of egg. You could either like scramble egg or egg white, put in a half a slice of cheese. And I, I, then I diced up some Turkey and I made uncrustable, like toasted Turkey sandwiches. Cause I, I throw them in the air fryer, cook them up. So sure enough, it's just like, man, I'm onto something good here. But for any parents out there listening, just the one thing that I, I always recommend when it, when it comes to making your kids lunches and you can just, if you just take it apart and you buy the separate pieces of it and throw it together yourself, you're going to cut the cost in half, but you can also put in higher protein foods, which are going to be a lot more satiating for our kids. They're, they're really good for them also. And then also you can you get to put it all together. You can have your starch with your crackers. You can have some healthy fats with a little bit of cheese or something like that. And then you always get to put it, throw in a piece of fruit. So the kids are getting a really well-rounded meal in, in whatever the, they're going to be eating for lunch. I love it, yeah. man. Just take take what they're already eating and find a way to make it a little healthier. That's the key also. Don't don't seriously disrupt what they're used to because then they're going to push back. But you just a couple little tweaks here and there. And you can and then before you know it, you can enroll them in something that's even tastier. So Good for you. It worked out well. Good for you, man. Well, listen, we are just a couple of weeks away from offering a subscription model to the I Needed That podcast. And I mention that because this is kind of some of the stuff that you're going to get as a subscriber. So when we move to that, not everybody, if you want the free version that comes on Spotify, Apple, and Google, that'll always still be there. But for those that want to invest a little bit more, not only will you get our podcast releases the day that we record them, but you get little recipes like this to kind improve the situation if you will absolutely we're, right. we're gonna be adding all kinds of really cool stuff into this package here so but again if you want to just enjoy the podcast it will will always be here for you guys but if, if you want a little bit more of some behind the scenes and maybe even to join us a little bit like a, a backstage quote-unquote kind of experience it's the backstage um, pass baby. yeah yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be a ton of fun <laughs> can't wait well oh. listen i didn't i enjoyed chrissy powers so much today i we had yes, a great live I'd say I needed that. It was, a good, it was a good podcast again. I needed that too. Yeah. It's what a great way to start this Monday. Isn't that the yeah. truth? Yeah. Well, guys, thank I you so it. much for uh, listening along. Appreciate your five-star reviews. Appreciate you sharing this podcast with a friend. What do you got planned this week, Chris? Man, it's a, it's a big week. We're working away on this, uh, this app platform. We're, we're getting close, man. It's, when do you announce what the name of it is? Uh, probably late September, early October. So okay. it's, it's coming soon. Really, really soon. It's going to happen before we know I, it. I will tell you all, I'm one of the beta testers and I have gone under the hood with this thing. And I, I think I texted you right yeah. after I started yeah. to do it. I was like, you don't have any idea how incredible this is, bro. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to set a foundation to grow to grow from, but to grow as a community, to bring everyone in, to really, to really take everyone on an incredible journey of transformation. So I'm super excited, man. Thank you. Who better to go on it with than this guy? <laughs> Let's go, Amazing. man. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. 
Uh, all right, what do you got going on this week? What is going on? You know, we're, we're in hockey land still, mm. man. So we got the seeding tournament coming up this weekend to figure out where we seed through in the within the organization. And then the season just starts, and I'm ready for it. Because there's, you know, it's like building the app. There's so much crap that you have to do behind the scenes that is not fun. Mm. I just want to play the games and do the practices. And I know that's what you want to do. You just want to get in and yeah. start helping people out that way. I hear you. It'll, right? it'll, it'll, be, it'll be here before we know it. <laughs> All good no, stuff, man. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening.